It's happy hour again for the last time in 2015. Wow. From Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows. On the podcast network, it's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you fixing a harmonica. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleans in a bar today. We're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, where they put fine booze into a glass for three hours every happy hour, and fine dining into a sandwich. They make sandwiches here that are based on fine dining, and they taste awesome. So what have we got here? I see today we have special treats for Christmas that were made for us by our photographer, Alison Moon there. Alison. Thank you, Alison. Thanks, Alison. They're very nice. They're homemade brownies and homemade sugar cookies. Awesome. They're, they're very good. We've tasted some already. Try it. So dig in, you guys. Yeah, okay. So Luke Winslow King is, is back to visit us. Good to see you again. Luke, I haven't seen you since we've been here at Wayfair, actually. Good to see you too, my friend. Glad to be back. Thanks it's for having good. me. And, and so you're fixing your harmonica like on the fly with a little optical-type screwdriver and tiny wee screws that I've never even known that were in there. What are you fixing, actually? Um, well, you know, harmonicas have reeds, and sometimes they get stuck. And I, I want it, you know, sometimes you're... Like when you go to whistle and you blow and it doesn't make any sound? Yeah. That's what happens if you don't fix what, it. What does a reed look like? It's like a little vibrating... Just a metal reed. Yep. Right. And it vibrates when you blow it into it, and that's what causes it to make the sound. Mm-hmm. There's a stack for the blows, and there's a stack for the for the. Oh, really? Pulls. Ah, yep. okay. Yep. So which one got stuck? What note? Uh, I'll, 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 play, I'll perform Let's it Let's see if it you. works. Okay. <laughs> that's the one that doesn't work? Yeah, that's the one. So you didn't fix it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, can you try shaking it or anything? You know, Grant, usually you give me more advanced notice for this show. If you, yeah, what happened? If you had told me before yesterday, I would have been up all night. You could have been up all night fixing the harmonica. Right. Don't you have like a whole bunch of them in a, like a bandolero type thing? I do, thing but, yeah, but they're in different keys. Okay, so this is when we need one in a particular key for... Yep. Uh, I see what you're saying, okay. Mm-hmm. So, Luke, I have to ask you because I've, I've run into this problem myself occasionally, yep. and it not until about two months ago did I successfully fix a reed. I just, maybe I wasn't trying the right things, but I finally, you know, fixed one maybe two months ago. But what's your success rate when a reed goes out and, and you start futzing with it? This is Andrew Duhon, ladies and gentlemen, in case you're wondering. Um, it's a, you know, and Andrew and I don't get a chance to talk about things like this other right. than on your show. Okay. Yep. Well, so, this is a so good time our, to get into, the, get into the weeds about harmonica yeah. repair. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Okay, so, Luke, what is the, what's the answer a, to the question? It's about a 25% success rate. Okay. Yep, I had four reeds that were stuck. I just fixed one of them. So you, like me, probably have like a what looks like a tackle box full of broken harmonicas that you're afraid to throw away because you feel like somehow yep. one day you're going to be fix salvaged. Them. Yeah. And, and how much do they cost to buy one of these things? Like thirty-five bucks a piece. That's I started buying the expensive expensive. ones that cost almost twice that. Yeah, and Which they one? still break. They still break, but it takes longer. That's good. What's the life of a harmonica? Depends on if you know how to fix them well or not. Well, before they break. Mm-hmm. Depends on. Uh, how okay, I'm not meticulous a, you are not about cleaning them after the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's... A, I, oh, I don't. I'd say like two or three months. How do you, that's it. Mm-hmm. Really? That's like a butterfly or something. <laughs> Isn't it? Valley Rich is here too, talking to butterflies. Hi, Valley. Thanks What's for coming up? on. Thank you, you also, for having me. You also brought a guitar. Are you going to play something as well? Yes. Okay. Are you a singer-songwriter too? I am. I'm okay. a musician as of the spring. As of which spring? This spring. And 2015. 2015. Yes. So that's this year. So how long is that? Uh... Three months? No. No, no. Six months. 
about. Oh, so you've been a musician for six months. Uh-huh. Did you just start writing songs six months ago? Well, I always sang in the shower and stuff like that, but never mm. wanted to sing publicly. And uh, I, I didn't know how to Where's play guitar. Where's the shower? Whichever shower I happen to be in. wherever you are, you're right, singing. Right, at that okay. moment. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I never picked up any instruments. Uh, I was a dancer. No, well, like, yeah. are you a dancer? I was a dancer. I got injured, and I was just what home. Happened? What happened to you? Oh, I fractured a couple vertebrae and uh, messed up my SI joint. Ooh. I was pretty intense. Can, can we stay up there? Hey, Renee. Renee Maggio is here as well. Hey, Renee. Hello. Hello, so, everyone. So you've messed up a couple of vertebrae, and what joint? SI, sacral iliac joint. It's in your back. Uh, that's the joint that connects your hip bone to your spine, so it's really important. Hip bone's connected to the thigh bone, actually. <laughs> right, but right in the middle, the, the hip and the spine, the, the tailbone, I guess, the center the of everything. The tailbone's connected. I don't think the tailbone's in it, is it? Not in the, the song, The hip bone's no. connected to the thigh bone, the thigh right. bone's connected to the knee. So which one did you fuck up? The uh, SI joint. SI it's a joint. joint. Yeah, it's a very important joint. Well, this sounds complex. painful. Oh, it was terrible. It was, so it was what actually happened? Um, so I was a dancer. I danced for LSU. I was a Tiger Girl. Tiger um, Girl. Mm-hmm. And we compete nationally oh. with hip hop and jazz. We do a lot of very intense tricking and. What are you doing? Is this is like when people you're on people's shoulders and so on? Uh, it's at some points it's hip hop. So if you've seen, I mean, hip hop gets kind of crazy. Head spins, flips, head springs, back flips. I mean, like anything you can think of. Little girls just bouncing around and trying to impress people is what. You know, most this is in college. Do. Yeah, college okay. dancing. Um, is this a course in college? No. It's a this is extracurricular. No, oh yeah, it's extra. You Tiger have to audition. Girl. We're under the athletic department for LSU, okay. so you have to audition and all that stuff. So you who's the who's the sort of like is he a choreographer or is it a coach or what? Uh, there, my when I was on the team, there was a coach, Denise Deshari. Uh, she rocks. She yeah. uh, kind of created. You know Denise. You know Denise. Okay. Very cool. Hmm. How, How do you know her? Yeah. Let's see. How do I put this together? Uh-oh. My aunt is, and no, my uncle. Mm, sorry, Denise, is brothers with her, no, no I'm going to get this wrong, Some cousins sort of with her father, something like that, yeah. Something so like she's that. related to you, Denise Desharia. Mm-hmm. Right. She is a visionary. She created a dynasty out of the LSU Tiger Girls, and that was the year, the years that I got to. The LSU Tiger Girls. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are we wearing in the LSU Tiger Girls? Like leotard type things or um, cheerleader type outfits or what? I would say... It's, I guess it's different according to whatever dance we did. Um, oh, okay. So it's a real dance trip. There's nothing to do with the sports team. We were very technical. We were, well, what we would do is we would dance for LSU basketball and baseball, and then they would put us under the athletic department, and then LSU would fund us going and traveling to compete nationally for hip-hop and jazz and things that we really enjoyed doing hmm, okay. on so, a more technical level. So are you opening for a, for a sports team? You're opening for the baseball team, or you're opening for the basketball team or something? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's part that, of the show. They do that. Yeah, that's part of the but show. But you're it's not the cheerleaders. Round. You're not a no. cheerleader. It's, it's no. real dance. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what happened when the accident occurred? Uh, it was just years of really what? intense, rigorous training. And uh, my senior year nationals for hip-hop, about a week before, um, we were just doing tricks. And we were actually doing the dance over and over again, kind of preparing, just running it. And... I did a trick, and it, I just felt my body just like, I just knew it. I was like, I'm done. I am done for a long time. What was um, the trick? Uh, it's, uh, it's really difficult to explain. I mean, with words. Are you upside down or yeah, jumping? T- um, the beginning of the pain was we did a little human jump rope type thing. So I was lifting a girl my size, like throwing her in the air kind of with someone else. And then the other one was more of a backflip where while I was flipping backwards, somebody on the ground held onto my legs and my legs pulled them up. 
and then I rolled on my stomach and pushed myself up in a plank with my leg in the air, and they stood on my neck and held my leg as a pole. It's pretty ridiculous, uh, but it was oh, badass. I mean, it looked. That doesn't it looked sound tight. like it could do much damage. So someone's standing on your neck while you're doing a plank and sticking your leg up in the it air. It looked sick. That was great. And, Denise, and I had a great team. Get Denise me through came it. up with that move. Yes, Denise came up with the. Jesus, I'm surprised you didn't shit. sue her. Oh no, no, she she rocks. I mean, I chose to do it, and for me, it was someone standing on your neck while you're lying on the ground. That's what dancers do, you. though. I mean, because here's the thing. stands on your neck right there, I think. Is dancers don't get enough issue. respect, so they just go out of their way to figure out a way to, like, you know, impress people so people understand how hard it is to be a dancer. But we did and a lot of And all that did shit. was screw up your whole entire life for the future. <laughs> but at least it looked good. No, not good. really. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I was, what would you have done if you hadn't got injured? Had, if, had I not gotten injured, I would have continued. I'd have been a professional dancer. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. And so I never would have. that screwed up? Well, no, because now I'm a musician and an actor. And You've a only been producer. a musician since the spring. Yeah, but I'm really good. It's going to be so fun. So when did you have this accident? Uh, accident was uh, February of 2014. And I spent a year doing a lot of rehab because I wanted to kind of continue as a dancer. And then after about a year, I knew it wasn't going to happen. Uh, so that's right. when I picked up a guitar. I taught myself guitar. I started singing. And now I love music so I'm okay so you taught yourself a guitar and you turned yourself into a musician between between then and now yeah so you started playing guitar just um probably like six months ago March yeah March of 2015 and you've written a song Mm -hmm. and you're going to play it right now right now you want me to what what about it I say yeah let's do it okay let's do it do you need some brownies or another drink before she needs her guitar no I'll be okay we need a guitar okay and this is a beautiful looking guitar too where'd you get this from um very groovy this my dad bought me this Ah. Because he felt bad for me because I couldn't dance anymore. <laughs> Where did he get it? Do you know? Does he live here? Where are you from? I'm from Mandeville. Um, and there's a little music store in Mandeville that, that I found it at. Okay, cool. What's it called? Just, we can, might as well tell him. Dean? It's a Dean. Dean, the guitar. What's the, what's the music store called? I want to say it's C&M, but I could be, I could be could wrong. could be way off. could be G&C. Right. That's what I'm saying. No, it's C&M. C&M's right. Yeah. It is C&M. How do you know that, Renee? Because I live in Covington. Do you really? <laughs> okay. You spend much time over at the C&M music store there? I pass it every once in a while. But you don't play anything? No. Okay. I have the idea to play. I just don't have the talent. You will. You just got to wait till it comes out. You just got to wait till you have a life-threatening neck injury. Or no, C-R-S-I joint. S-I joint, yeah. God, it's a bitch. It is a bitch. It is. That's the wrong yeah. kind of joint to have injured. And so how, how you, are you in pain anymore or is it all over now? Unfortunately, yeah. I've gotten probably pain. every injection you can imagine. I recently got an injection about a month ago and they had to put me under anesthesia for it. It was huge. Like the needle was so big that I saw the puncture wounds afterwards. I could see them. Hmm. And was I mean, the, I was a doctor numb. or a veterinarian? <laughs> the hospital or whatever. But, Holy crap. Um, really? It was, it was about a week of numbness. So I was like, oh, sweet. Like, it's working. And then I, after about a week, it was like, nah, it's, it's not going to work. So you're in pain it's, right now? Um, I guess I'm, I've if had a couple of drinks. I mean, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm sitting. Well, you're not driving back to Mandeville or anything, are you? Mm-mm, but I'm, I'm sitting in. I like, I've just kind of cut everything out. Of, like, I don't do anything but walk. Like, I'm very, very cautious with my right. body. And I, don't, I try not to inflame it as much as and I can. what kind of drugs are you on? <laughs> drugs? Marijuana. But I wouldn't call that a the, drug. I call that more of like a medicinal plant that God gave me. But that's that's really what I use to heal myself. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't think the um, state of Louisiana approves of that. Do they? Think, do they? I don't know. We don't have medicinal weed here. No. We ought to know. They should. Not yet. I don't think so. No. I mean, I they should. Right? We should. Yeah. I spent years on so many drugs, pharmaceutical, glad to pharmaceutical, and it just honestly yes. fucked me up. I thought this only happened like a year. ago. Well, with multiple different things. So I've been on pharma- I've been on pharmaceuticals for other reasons, and then right recreation. Well, no, not at all. But like, 
you know, pharmaceuticals for mental things, right? And then I got the injury, and they were like, oh, well, on top of all the shit you're taking, go ahead and take the oxycodone and the muscle relaxer and all this. And it just was wow. a couple years of really just not, so I mean, you're not on, living. So like anti-anxiety or No, I've gotten off of every so pharmaceutical. You got yourself off of all that? Yeah. And well, now let, I, let's find out how you got off of all that once we hear you play okay. the song. What is the song? What do you decide to play? The song is called All to Yourself. And I don't, I don't, I just like that name, so that's what it's called. I can't okay. really hear my guitar. Can, Can you, you hear me from this far away? Let's see. Andrew will hook up a mic over here for you. Here we go. I wish we were home again, getting out the shower. You were begging for a song. I picked the one that says I love you after every line. And what in the world do I do with me, hun? Cause I got so much power, all this talent and ambition, but I got no one to hold me at night. Did you dance with someone else? Come home, I want you all to myself. I guess I thought I'd have you back by now I guess I thought you'd come home Cause I wish I was playing for you face to face Instead I'll make music and believe me or my muse I'll just keep recording hoping one day you'll be calling saying Baby I'm so sorry Yes, I never really heard you, and I wish I never heard you, but now that I heard you playing on the radio, I figured I could listen, cause I haven't given you a minute since I blew up and got famous, and I let you go, did you dance for someone else? Coming home, I want you all to myself So you can play this song for me face to face I guess I thought you'd moved on by now So I didn't want you to know I still can't dream without you, I just don't know how Anywhere in your arms is my home Won't you play that song for me face to face And I won't dance for no one else If you come home You can have me all to yourself All right <laughs> Valley Rich Is that the first public performance of, uh, of that song? Yes all right. Uh -huh. I well, wrote that like three weeks ago. Maybe you heard it here first, everybody. Yeah, I have a question yeah. for you. Did okay. you are you self-taught or did you take lessons? Oh, I 100% taught myself, for sure. Oh. Not that I wouldn't want lessons. I was just broke, really broke when I got a guitar. I was like, I'm just going to look this up online and try to... You taught yourself to play the guitar off of YouTube or something? Uh, well, what I did was looked up the chords, because when you look up like a song, it'll say G, C. It said these like chords over it. And so then I looked up where to put your fingers to make those chords, and then I just... What did I do with my fingers? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm new. I'll get better. You just move your fingers up and down. And uh, how do you know what to do with your right hand? 
That's what I'm saying. Well, that was your chords. The chords are playing with your left hand. How, yeah, do, you, how do you know what to do with your right hand? I don't know. I just... Well, you get a lesson from these two guys here. A real That would be great. Super I mean, great that would be great. I just, I just... I think for that song, like usually when you learn something, I'd learn the strum pattern. But for that song, I feel like it's more just like... Where's Andrew's guitar, right? Little Andrew will teach you. Andrew, no, thank see, you. See, this is... The problem here in Lies, I started the same way, and uh, I, I don't know theoretically why I do what I do but I guess you could say just like dancing you could either take dance lessons or you could just move the way that the music makes you move and right. you know maybe you got the groove or maybe you don't but Luke over here could certainly teach you because Luke knows a thing or two about the theory behind right right yeah I've know. never learned the technical side like as a dancer sure. I'm technical but as a musician I'm just like trying to sound cool you know Luke what would you advise <laughs> you to do with the right hand on that song it seemed like your natural uh, inclination was was serving you right. Yeah. You know, it's it's um you know completely subjective when it's your own original song. Mm. You know, um, but you know finger finger picking is a whole a whole world, and there's you know a way to a way to do it. Um, but I've kind of made up some of my own techniques that serve me well too. Um, but if you wanted to study it, there's definitely like you know a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I get rich, I'll take lessons. That's what I'm do. <laughs> you could look it up online too. Okay, yeah, thank there's you. so much on <laughs> yeah. YouTube these days. Yeah. You could buy a $7 book. It would probably serve you really and well. And I, I think what's Great, nice, you. you know, about the whole YouTube thing and being able to take a quick 30-second lesson on just, just a tiny little piece of something, it can, you know, make, you know, the three-chord song that you've been playing that feels tired now, all of a sudden it makes it vibrant again and, uh, and the music sounds musical to you again and it becomes inspiring again. And I think when you're trying to be creative uh, with a guitar and you are kind of, you know, uh, basing it around what is a fairly simple form, I am most of the time, I think uh, learning something new, uh, a way to play those three chords a different way or, you know, something like that. And that's oversimplifying it. But, but I do think that um, YouTube is a nice tool to just check out a new discipline or watch somebody else play, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, you know, that can be really helpful for yeah, watching, new. watching other people play probably is is a great way to learn, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Do you guys do that? Luke, do you watch? Do you see other people playing and are inspired by what someone else is doing? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, at this, at now I kind of try to isolate myself a little bit more. But when I was uh, when I was really serious about studying guitar, uh, I spent you know hours and hours watching videos and like hmm. watching people in person. And what are you isolating yourself so you don't pick up other people's habits? Mm-hmm. Yes. Really? Like at a certain point in your career, you just like really have to develop your own style, and part of that is like not right. listening or paying attention to what anyone else is doing. Right. How interesting! So you actually consciously stop yourself looking at what other people are doing or listening to what other if, people are doing. You know, if if I'm inspired to go to a concert, or if I'm somewhere and someone else is playing, I try to absorb it as much as I can, but I don't seek it out. Yeah, right. I don't, right. I, don't, I don't buy records. I don't really go to. Well, shows nobody's buying records anymore. So you're yeah, not, you're not alone. I don't there, really huh? go to concerts much unless I'm they're playing or a right. festival unless I'm playing so well, um, when it's would not you that I don't care about other people's music it's just that's not my, my focus right now but Do I you think I think yeah. you know Grant I think what's important about what's Luke saying in my mind is it's kind of like you know deciding that you're going to go out into the wilderness and make your own camp you have to learn the survival skills before you're going to make it out there creatively I think you know you have to learn the rules before you decide okay now I know the rules and I'll venture out on my own and see what I find you know how I can make my own rules so to speak so I think you know I Luke would you agree maybe in the in the idea that 
Mm, you have to, yeah, you have to kind of uh, be inspired first before you start to realize which direction you want to go and then just go that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there was times where I was just starving for it, you know? Mm. When, I was, uh, when I was a kid, when I was really, you know, in my early teen years, I was, like, obsessed with learning guitar. That's yeah. all, right. all I did, you know, every day, all the time. I, like, watched a... The Led Zeppelin song remains the same video until it wore out. I'm just watching Jimmy Page just like over and over, you know. And uh, I had three friends, and we all took guitar lessons weekly, and then we would get together and teach each other what each other learned in each oh, other's lessons. Cool. So it was like three guitar lessons a week. Right. <laughs> so we were just like, you know, when I was a kid, that's all I, all I wanted to do. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I studied different things all through college and like go through like different um, phases of almost obsession of learning certain things. And now my now my thing is just like really spending a lot of time alone really focusing on, on writing and getting to know myself and really staying on the road a lot and really focusing a lot on, you know, music so, business, building a career. So you feel like you have the guitar playing down. Now there's nothing. Definitely not. <laughs> I definitely am learning stuff all right. the time. Um, I have a guitar maestro who I, who I play in a band with in Europe, and I learn a lot of stuff from him all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's like someone I play in a band with, so I do definitely watch him. Um, but not, you know. Are you playing in his band? Or he you? plays in my band. He's my lead guitar player when I tour in Europe. Right. Yeah. So you have a different band over there? Um, I have a couple different cast members that I use over there. Um, so are you leaving someone behind here and replacing? No, he is not allowed in the States. If he, if he were, he's Why been deported. He's lived here for 10 years and he got deported for no overstaying way. his visa. Shame. His name's Roberto Luti. He's one of the greatest slide guitar players in the yeah. world. Wasn't he here in New Orleans? He lived here for 10 years. He worked for right. the Washboard Jazz Trio. Yeah, right. That's where I know. Yeah. And he got deported. He did, just and for overstaying his visa. Shame. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, can't you get back in with an immigration attorney? Isn't there he's, someone? He's tried many times and been denied. What did he do mm. wrong? Did he kill somebody? He just overstayed his visa. Nothing. He just overstayed Nine his... Nine years on a three-month visa. Nine years. That's cool, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, think positively. You did a great job, man. There's 12 or something million people here under that circumstance. But he's back in 2018. We're going to do a big tour all across the States. And we, we play together in Canada, Australia. He's allowed to come Europe. back in 2018. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Why is that? What happens after 2018? Hey, when that's feeding back. I There's a certain this. time of, of punishment. Really? You know, There's like a statute of limitations on... No, it's just like you're deported for this long. And I then you can reapply. That. You know, really? He reapplied after five and didn't get it, and eight and didn't get it, and then ten, they're going to let him back in. Wow, okay. Yeah. So Roberto Ludi's coming back in 2018. Can't wait. He's, okay. I mean, he's, he's an international somewhat, yeah. sensation. He's playing all over the world. He just can't play in the States. That is really insane, isn't it? It's ridiculous. That, that just proves that the immigration people aren't watching what's going on here if he stayed nine years on a three-month visa. Mm. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, and, and think of all the people that are, that are allowed here or they're slipping through the cracks that are... Not, not a crack. How did the community he, as much. So many he, people miss him and miss his art, artistry. Do you know how he got caught? Um, he, I don't know. I mean, he had a friend who was violating parole who was living with him at the time, and they came looking for him and okay. asked everyone for I think, I think ah. they prou- the, the immigration probably went to Ludi.com and saw his tour dates and said, okay, I think we can get him here, here, yeah. or here. But, you know, tons of people have been deported. Yeah. Anders Osborne, Anders Osborne was deported. I, I've been deported. It's not like you can't get back in normally. I got back in. Anders got back in. Yeah, he'll get back yeah. in eventually too. Yeah, that is really rough <laughs> though. That you have to wait till 2018. Yeah, it's, poor it's, guy. Yeah. So you and get to see him at least. Where's he? Where's he living? He lives in uh, Livorno, which is in Tuscany. And well, that doesn't uh, sound all that bad. It's not. We tour there all the time. It's great. And um, he lives in Sardinia a lot in the wintertime. Okay. 
So pretty. Yeah, hey, have some, um, have some of Alison's Christmas cookies here. Go ahead, please. So now wait till Renee takes a bite, then I'll ask her a question. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I was so, waiting for. So Renee, it says here that, that as long as, this is what I, they gave me, as far back as Renee can remember, he always wanted to be a cartoon character. I wanted to do cartoon character voices. Oh, okay. right. you didn't want to and be a cartoon character? Not, no, I want to do their voices. Can okay. we hear something? But well, like what? Um, let's see, Daffy Duck. Or yep. <laughs> Whatever Daffy. you think you best. Daffy. But it, but it, but it, that's all, folks. Well, I would I would do new characters, not you know stuff. Oh, okay. that's what do you got? Not. What do you got? What yeah. It, huh? What? Well, I haven't done any yet, so uh-huh. it's a new thing for me. But I, that's just a lifelong dream that has yet to be realized. So. Nice. Where, did you do this in the shower? No. You didn't. <laughs> I would read so stories to people. So how do you know you people. can do it? I don't. I oh. Don't know. What are you talking about? But I know I can do audio books, and that's what I'm here to talk about. I'm here Not, to so Not so fast. Not What made you think you can be a cartoon character? I don't know that I thought I could do it. I just it was a desire. Why? Yeah. Of all things in life, you could have been a tiger girl. <laughs> you think? I don't think. I don't, he, I don't no. think he's got what it takes. No. <laughs> no. The outfits. The outfits wouldn't work for me. Put your mic up. Better. All right. That's good. That must sound good. So, what gave you the idea that you could? You wanted to do cartoon characters. Were you watching well, TV yeah, as a kid? Well, yeah, I watched cartoons as a kid and just loved to hear the voice, the crazy voices they came up with. You know, all those characters back when I was a kid. And, you know, they had people like Mel Blanc who did tons of different voices. And, right. and I'm not at my best today. Thank you, New Orleans weather in yeah, December. But, you know, it's just, it was always a dream. What sort of weather makes you have a good voice? Not weather that changes every day or every yeah. other day. You know, it's allergies and Messes sinuses. Yeah. Yeah, it goofs me up. It's Bad. the changing that's weird. It like, is, my boy, yeah. I'm so deep right now. I'm a tenor, you know? I sound like a dude just because of the weather. Do you? I think so. Mm. I think I if, if people weren't watching, or they're not watching, they're hearing, mm-hmm. but if they didn't know that this was a woman speaking, I'm not sure if they would pick up on it. <laughs> <laughs> Worry. I'm not sure what's they, going they on know. in your headphones. What, what drugs are you on today? They know. They know. Just alcohol. Just whiskey. And well, you think you sound like a guy. No, I just think I have a really. What I can tell you have a husky. You have like a sort of a husky voice, but that's sort of a. She's got a whiskey voice. Whiskey. Cheers. That's what you're drinking. Whiskey. Yes. That's your drink of choice. Right now, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like it changes every few months. I think. Yeah. Like all the weather. (laughs) So anyway, Renee. So. So it's a dream. It's an unrealized dream. Really? Yes. Okay. So why is the first thing on this bio they give me here that says that? that, I guess why not? Yeah. Why not? Okay. It's just a dream. Childhood dream. And when are you, what are you doing about it? Because I went to your website today, yeah. just before we came on here. Renee'sVoice.com. Renee'sVoice.com. And there's a whole lot of um, clips. demos. Demo clips. Yeah, not one of them works. No? No, not one. It must be your I computer. I clicked on all of them. It must be your computer. Is it my computer? Yes. So it's screwed up? Because <laughs> I couldn't tell. So what do they say? What are they? Well, one's a commercial demo. One's a couple of audio book demos. Commercial demo. Commercial demo. You could be able to do a little commercial demo for us right now. If I you'd can like. do that for you. What do you want me to say? I'm going to give it to you. I'll right say here. it for you. Okay. It won't be the best. Do of you want course, to, but we'll, give, we'll give you some background music. Andrew will play a little <laughs> something for you. Play me in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then all you have to do is is read these messages. Put your glasses oh, like on. Right after these mess. Right no, after no, these words. No, these are the yeah. We'll be right back. Well, we'll be right back talking about um, how to get yourself off Prozac right after these messages. <laughs> Sponsor messages. Brought to us today by Petite Pet Care. If you're going out of town or have a crazy schedule, the folks at Petite Pet Care will take care of your pet in his or her own home. For loving care when you're not there, 
go to petitepetcare.com. Pretty good for a cold read, right? Yeah. Sounds like a prayer home companion in here. <laughs> it does. Okay, we have more. My Basics Swim and Gym. A full range of fashion swimsuits, workout and yoga clothes with style. Basics Swim and Gym is on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue. I like the background. My Hangover Destroyer. We'll all need that tonight, I think, or tomorrow. The only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. Oh, too late. Go to the Hangover Destroyer website, hdhdestroyer.com, write happy hour in the coupon code, and get 30% off Hangover Destroyer and seize the dawn. Bravo. Very nice. You got the job. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well I'll done. take it. So we can use what that does it recording. Pay? <laughs> um, you just have a free drink, right? Oh, okay. Wayfair pays all the bills. Wayfair pays. Great. So Thank you. we can keep that from this show and use it in every other show. And never pay no, your no, penny. No, no, you don't have to pay him. I won't no, get it. I won't get it. I had my drink, and that's and it. I'm welcome like, to the entertainment industry drink. you're in now. <laughs> my one drink. But you did do the voice for for this book, though. Yes, the I Holy did. Mark by Gregory Alexander. The who was Holy on our, Mark. He was on our show. He was, and he guy. was the one that recommended him? me be on the show. Oh, okay. And he told us all about that book. He told he just you. written it. Just he just published it. Right. And then soon after he published it. Anne Rice, apparently. Anne Rice somehow got a hold it. of it, yeah. and she read it. And because there's a lot of New Orleans references, she loved it. Mm. And she knew a guy in Singapore who's an American expat who she told, you need to buy the audio rights to this book. So Todd Barcelo of, uh, um, what's the name? Singapore. <laughs> Singapore. Todd Barcelo it's from aus- Singapore. Auspicious Apparatus Press. He bought the rights. And Greg and I were Facebook, not even friends. We had a mutual friend. And somebody congratulated him about the Anne Rice love. And I wrote back to him on Facebook and said, who knew you had talent? I said, no, seriously, congratulations on the Anne Rice love. This is a guy you don't even know. No, I knew him. I knew him personally. We just weren't Facebook friends. So he calls me. Your friends in real life, not on Facebook. Right. Well, both. I didn't even know you could do that. Okay. You can. It's still possible. (laughs) So he... wrote him an email and said, hey, I have a talent too. I, I narrate audiobooks, and I've narrated books for WRBH, the radio station for the blind and print handicap, for a number of years now. So he calls me and he says, oh, I just sold the rights to this guy, Todd Barcelo, in Singapore. And he said, if you contact him, you can audition for the book. So I contacted him, auditioned for the book, and he liked me, Greg liked me, and I was hired, just like that. This is a whole world that we it's don't know anything about. There's a whole world of people buying audio rights mm-hmm. right. so the audio rights for a book are separate from yes. everything else yes. so there's movie rights and right. whatever now there's audio rights audio book rights so people buy the audio rights so they so produce the presumably books. then Todd Barcelo in Singapore buys audio rights and then he makes the or then he make the audio he hired you he, hired he paid me. you right. and then he sells the book He's, well, Amazon.com, yeah. Audible.com. Yeah, but all that stuff where you buy books yes. on tape or whatever they're Correct. called now. I think they're still quaintly called books on tape, actually, even yes. though nothing's and on no tape, tape at all. But so all those people, that the author doesn't get that money. He's It's like music publishing, well, I guess. Right. You he sell. sells the rights and he's out of it at that point. Well, I never he, knew that. He doesn't get another dollar. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. Holy shit. But Did you Todd, guys know that? That's very interesting. Todd bought the rights based on Anne Rice loving the book and recommending right. that he buy the rights to it. So okay. thank you, Ann Rice. So that's good. So you get one-time fee as well. You don't get royalties every time someone listens to it? Well, it depends. There's a, a, a website called ACX, which is the Audiobook Creation Exchange, and it's an audible.com company. And that's how the, the narrators and the authors get together on these audiobooks. 
and you can either get a royalty or you can get an upfront payment. And I, luckily, thankfully, got both. So that's very unusual to get. So you're just an starting out on payment. this, or you've been doing, you've been it's on my first reading radio for well, the I've blind. I've been on WRBH. It's my first paying job. That's radio for gig, the yeah. blind and print handicap. Uh, yes. You called it. Eighty-eight point three FM in New Orleans. Do they call? Is that the official title? Radio for the yeah. blind and print handicap. Yes, that is. What does print handicap mean? It means you can't read. Uh, if you read. can't see enough to read. And what is the difference between blind and print handicap? Exactly? Well, I guess blind people can't see anything, and print handicap people just can't see enough to read a, a, a word on a page. Could it mean also the that they couldn't read? Would that, would that, that count? Oh, you possible mean to illiterate? You yeah. Mean. Just wondering. They should uh, call it possible, WRBH yeah. Radio for the Blind and Illiterate. They could add that to the end. Mm. Blind, print, print handicapped, handicapped, and illiterate. illiterate. Mm. But then That's print handicap's kind of just in the middle. And you're like, what is? You know, what what is, side does it go to? Even if they add that to the sign, the illiterate won't know. <laughs> oh, you know. So, but an interesting thing about that <laughs> radio station that. is a lot of people that have sight listen to it because I worked with some people back in the day, and they came to me and said, "Hey, I heard you on WRBH," and I'm like, "You're not blind," and they're like, "No, we listen to the news or mm. books or whatever." Yeah, and I listen to it. There's a lot of sighted folks yeah. that listen to mm. it. So. I listen to it, and I'm 2020, except for these yeah. fucked up glasses <laughs> that I have to wear, but. But you listen to it too, Luke, right? It's, I do, yeah. It's pretty. It it's can be. Good, it yeah. can be interesting. The interesting part is the people reading the newspaper, which I don't know if they still do that. Do they still mm-hmm. do that? You said that was the first two hours in the morning. They read it in the morning. They read it in the morning, and they read it. They read the news at noon. And one day I went in there to just you, normally they record what you read and play it back later. One day I walked in close to noon, and they said. Would you like to read the news live? And I'm like, sure, because the lady, that normal lady, backed out or didn't show up or whatever. So they're like, "You okay with this? It's going to be live." And I'm like, sure. What, you know, I'm talking to a microphone. I don't know how many people listen to it. So I did it, and they were all cool with it. And they said, "Would you like to do it again in the future?" And I'm like, sure. Just call me. Let me know. Give me some notice. So they don't. Not most of their shows are not live, but there are some. So like the, you said, the newspaper, the person reading today's news, is doing it. They live. Rec- that is live. Right. No, most of it's not live. Most of no, it's most just of reading it's articles recorded. out of magazines yeah. or Correct. books or whatever, right? And okay. Books. Whoa, what is that? What's Grant got the first text. Did I get a text? You did. Or a call. Who's it from? Let's have a look and see. <laughs> Stephanie. We're going to pause the show. Stephanie Regal says, I really need an idea for a promo tomorrow. I'm stuck. Oh. We oh, can wow, help okay. her with that. I mean, okay. I can read it what? for you. If you you could. She or has to write, do a promo for guys who are pro, uh, probably developers in Baton Rouge. I'm not sure how interesting that. Uh, here's my card. I'll give you a card. Hand it over. What does it say? Cartoon voices. Renee Maggio, let me tell your story. Hey, cool. Aww. All right. Very nice. Cheers. Okay. And it's got a uh, QR thing code. Mm-hmm. Is it? And now that's one thing that I cannot believe is still around. Does anyone really? use these little black it's, and white? It's cure? taking off. Taking off. Really? You is think it? it's really? yeah? They haven't they haven't caught on yet. It's never going to catch on, though, is it? It will. Are you from the future? Is that why? You're <laughs> yes, that? I do happen to know that that'll never catch on. <laughs> Look, do you believe these QR codes are the way to go in the future? They've been around for like how many years now? They have not caught on. They'll yeah. catch on soon. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm he all knows. For He's so confident. You're in for it. I'm for, I'm for okay, the I'm forwardness of it, but I, I'm I don't know how to use it. You have, you've got to you take your it? phone camera at phone one camera. point uh-huh. and point it at this thing and make sure that the little yellow squares on your phone exactly line what up. What little yellow squares? When you put the camera thing and tell it you're looking for QR codes. Oh, well, how do I tell it to look for a QR code? I don't, I think you, to, I don't you, know. Good question. Luke. You don't have a I think it's. Phone, I think it's you? Apple's fault. Apple. Yeah. they gotta, they got to make it easier for us to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
exactly what so it's too, Android doesn't even know how, yeah, what you, it is. You normally well, have to download an app for it on an Android. Okay. I know that. Yeah, there's an app. Right. So why would you put it on your business card? Because I'm looking for, for the forward-thinking for blind people. That's not for blind people. That's okay, this is for sighted. Yeah. It doesn't seem it's not raised or anything. <laughs> it's Do like, you have a braille. Well, why would I need a card for a volunteer job, Grant? Mm, I don't know. Because that's not the volunteer card. That's okay. This is pay for me money real, card. Okay, Renee's voice. <laughs> okay. So anyway, it has got a QR code. I don't know. Where did you come up with this idea for the QR code? Whose idea was that? The website I created the card on, that was an option they gave you. Uh-huh. And I said, why not? That's it. Okay. So this is your QR code in perpetuity. Yes, it is. So we can follow you around forever. Yeah, okay. Well, so it if you've takes got you to my QR website, reader, reneesvoice.com. Reneesvoice.com. All right. Very good. Hey, talking of voices, do you guys want to play a song, Andrew? And well, how about we let play? Luke play us a song, and okay. then we'll play a song together after that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's what we're going to do then. Exactly. Ready. Look, what are you playing? Look, what, tell us what's going on. So you're making a new record. Is this number, number three? I'm making my fifth solo album. Fifth? Oh yep. my god! Did I miss two? You missed the first two. They're that, out of they're out of print. Oh, they're gone. That was before. Yep. I released a self-titled album in 2007. Okay. And then I released uh, an album called Old New Baby in 2009. Were you here? Were you living here then? Still? Yep. Yeah, I recorded at Preservation Hall, okay. 2008, released it in 2009. Okay. Yeah. Well, the first one I came in was that one after that was called... The uh, Coming Tide. The Coming Tide, yeah. Yeah, and that was my first one on a, on a label. Oh, that's the one I remember. Okay, so that's what I thought was the first one. And then there was after that... was uh, one called Everlasting, Everlasting Arms. Arms. yeah. And I had a few different mm-hmm. projects. There were like, you know, EPs, shorter records in between. And now I'm working on a new album called uh, I'm So Glad Trouble Don't Last Always that's coming out next year. By next year, we're talking about 2016. That's right. What uh, what part? What time of the year? Where could we? It's going to come out sometime, uh, spring, summer, or fall. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> good. But not the winter. <laughs> that's a good no. target, and it's going to be available everywhere music's sold. Yeah. Yep. Independent record stores all over all over the world. Yep. Is it? Are you on Spotify and all that sort of thing as yes, well? Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. Luke Winslow King. Yep. You can find me there. But uh, you know, I have this old song. I don't want to. I don't want to share any of the new stuff. I don't want to blow it. I'm going to come on the show before the album comes out and play that stuff. Okay. But uh, I want to play an old song that I keep making new renditions of. This one was on that album, "Old New Baby," I was telling you about. And it's an old song of mine that I keep making new renditions of. Um, you know, you get tired of it after a bit. You ever do that, Andrew? Yes. You know, where you're like, man, I still like this song. I just don't like the way I play it. Yeah. I want to try something a little different. Yeah. So this is one of those. It's called Never Tired. It's about being tired of the daily grind. Well, I'm so tired, tired as a tired. As a retiree, I'm tired as mud, tired as a cut, tired as a memory. I'm tired of switch, tired of snitch There's a bullet to a schoolyard snitch I'm tired of slop, tired as a mop Tired when you came to me, pretty baby As tired as I may be I hope you'll never tire of me, baby I'll tired as a fool can be I hope you'll never tire of me I'm tired, honey, I'm so damn tired It's a death that's due I get tired in a worn-down traveling shoe. I'm tired as a king is to coo. I get tired as a cowboy is a stew. As a captain to his crew. Tired as a beggar is off his ground. I'm as tired as a poet to his ride. 
Tired as a rut, tired as a bone Sick and tired of being alone Tired as a widow is to weep As a broom to sweep I'll never, never tire of your lips I'll never tire of your kiss, pretty babe I'll never tire of your I'll never tire of your charm I get tired as a junkie to his rage Tired as a hill of beans I'm tired as a sinner's deeds I'm tired as a boxcar train Tired of this old refrain Honey, I may be tired as money I'll never tire of you, honey, no I may be as tired as a Roman road From you, I'll never run I'm tired as a horse to spit I'm tired of the same old shit I'm tired of straight and narrow I'm tired as one sparrow And I'm tired, honey, I'm so damn tired It's a retiree I'm tired as mud, tired as cut Tired when you came to me, that's true Thank you, thank you. Oh, my God. Okay. Chris, can you turn that up? Okay. Oh, my God. That is a great song. How, how is it different from the, uh, the last version that you did? Other versions? It keeps getting uh, faster. I've changed a lot of the lyrics. I added the harmonica solo. I used right. to play it in, like, slide guitar, more bluesy, and now it's a little bit more country. It, it sounds a little bit more country. Yeah. I mean, a little bit country. Is it, is it sped up, did you say? Yeah, it's a little faster. And what speed did it used to be at? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do you like it faster now? Um, you know, it depends on my mood. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually kind of uh kind of go in for like Woody Guthrie kind of style on yeah. it. That's cool. It's really like uh, what did you think? Valley is an aspiring songwriter. I liked it. I, you remind me of Johnny Cash. Cool. Wow. Thank you. Doesn't get much better than that. You're right. Oh, Johnny Cash is great. You couldn't be. Able to. <laughs> That's a pretty great compliment. That's cool. How do you remember all those words? Is there a trick to that? Um, yeah, I have a few different tricks. I, uh, you know, I, I repeat them over and over. I write them down. Usually by the time I write them down, I have them memorized. Yeah. Really? Something about writing it helps you memorize it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I change the lyrics all the time, too. I rewrite that song pretty you often. You do? Yeah. You find, what, do you change the tired as similes? Yeah, there, there's some different ones in there, yeah. Yep. Some, that's amazing. I think the first verses. time that I uh, went to DVA and stumbled upon Luke playing a show, uh, he was playing that song. So, yeah, I remember that. I remember some other uh, tired as, in fact. I remember tired as a racist joke like that yeah, one. Yeah, tired as a racist joke is not in there anymore. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good line, too. Yeah. Man. When I first wrote it, there was a really naughty lyric in there that I can't say usually on the radio, but we're on a podcast. Yeah, you can say it. I originally wrote up. Tired as a bad pimp's bitch, which is like not not okay to sing. <laughs> oh, you gotta put that back in. That's so, so good. That's what people are gonna love it. 
Cool. Maybe I'll, I'll think about it. Yeah. I think we'll put that back in. <laughs> like just with the new style now that it's more folky country that yeah. needs to be in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. What did it rhyme that with? Um, I'm tired as a horse. I'm <laughs> tired as a switch. Tired as a stitch. Tired as a bad pimp's bitch. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Do you write these on the road or do you sit at home and write all the stuff? I actually wrote that song on a bus, mm-hmm. on a, on a um, city bus in, in Rome. That's mm-hmm. what there's, there's a couple of lyrics about being in Rome in there too. Mm-hmm. And do... Um, just would the writing it on a bus like that give it that? Well, it definitely has that kind of, of ambling like back and forth. Yeah. yeah, it's got a lot of an ambulatory kind of a vibe to it when you yeah. think about it. Yeah, yeah. but, but just you know, it's kind of of the old rambling uh, alliteration song where it's just like mm. you know the rhymes just keep rambling and it's like this is to that and this is to that and it just kind of keeps going. It sounds like an old classic of some sort. Yeah, yeah that was what I was going for. Woody Guthrie has some songs that are definitely similar similar yeah. to that you know in that like rambling kind of stuff. Do people cover your songs? I do. I, I, I get like YouTube alerts of, and I find uh, I have a few different covers of my songs floating around on YouTube which is pretty cool yeah, I'm sure Andrew's got cool. a few of them too yeah just a few but that, that is like one of the coolest things just see like a young kid like play yeah. your song so cool yeah. how, nice. how do you get a YouTube alert about that what, how do you I don't know Luke's got to tell me about we that we just I do like Google alerts how you know do about you get that? that like no. anytime uh, you can have Google email you anytime that your name and a certain word mm. is posted on anywhere on the world wide web mm. So, so anytime if, if someone says Luke Winslow King and YouTube in the same sentence, and they YouTube. email me. Oh, nice. wow. Yeah. And how does one sign up for that? Go to Google Alerts. Do you know about that, Andrew? I didn't know. I, I mean, I feel like I feel like I should have known about that. <laughs> it's a good way to yeah. know, like if you're if there's an article that comes out about you that you don't know about. Yeah. You know, it's good. Mm-hmm. Now you know. I have now a. F- I know. Or if anything comes out about like harmonica repair that yeah. week, or something <laughs> <the> article. <laughs> Bro- so you can get it about anything. Obviously, it doesn't have to have your name on it. It can be a Google alert about anything you're interested in. Exactly. So if there's an article about Hawaiian shirts mm-hmm. and I want to know about it, oh wow. You are wearing a very nice Hawaiian shirt today. I'd like our listeners to know. Yes. Well, no, actually, Renee's wearing a very delightful Hawaiian shirt. December in New Orleans. Yes. Yeah, you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt in December in New Orleans. In honor of the weather. It is is insane. It is like Christmas in Hawaii. It's beautiful. It really is. Andrew, you want to play something as well while we're sitting around here? Luke Luke and I, uh, we don't get to see each other too much, but Luke had the great idea to play a little song together. So we're playing an old gospel song. This is a Sister Rosetta Tharp song. Okay. On a day with no rain, it goes something like this. Uh-huh. Well, but my head, but my head, I hear music in the air. I hear music in the air. Well, but my head. I hear music in the air. I hear music in the air. Up above my head. Up above my head. I hear music in the air. I really do believe. I really do believe there's a joy somewhere. All around this room. All around this room. I hear music in the air. I hear music in the air. All around this room. All around this room. I hear I hear music in the air Up above my head Up above my head I hear music in the air I really do believe I really do believe There's a joy somewhere Go ahead, Luke.
town Around this town I hear music in the air I hear music in the air All around this town All around this town I hear music in the air I hear music in the air Up above my head Up above my head I hear music in the air I really do believe I really do believe There's a joy somewhere up above my head, up above my head. Oh, I hear music in the air. I really do believe, I really do believe there's a joy somewhere. I said, I said, well, I really do believe, I really do believe there's a joy somewhere. Oh, well, I, I really do believe, I really do believe there's a joy. It's Andrew Duhon singing for you. That's wow. What a treat. That was one of the greatest things we've ever done on the show, I think. That's Luke, awesome. Don't you think? You guys are great. Bastard. Thank you. First Man, time through. Uh, First time through. That was fun. Beautiful. Yeah. Valley, what do you think of that one? I also like that. Thank you very much. Renee? Great. I'm glad I was here for it. Isn't that great? That awesome. was a very special moment, Beautiful. guys. Thank you so I much. Sister Rosetta Tharp, who exactly was she? <laughs> you got to check her out, man. Go to, go to YouTube and check out Sister Rosetta Tharp. She's like a... You know, a um, middle-aged black woman in a choir robe and a and a Gibson electric guitar, just rocking. Your yeah, ass off. badass devil horns, Gibson guitar. Yeah. Like I don't even have the nuts to play that kind of guitar, and she just owned that stuff. And was she was she from uh, the South somewhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris, Christian lesbian gospel rock and roller from the fifties. Oh yes. Mm. Wow. Yep. Okay. Was she an out lesbian back in the fifties? Uh, I, I don't mean I don't know if she wasn't like you know like not like the Indigo Girls out or anything like that, <laughs> but like you know I think so. Okay, yeah. Sister Rosetta thought, well, that is definitely worth checking out. Now, awesome. Listen, Val, I wanted to ask you this because we've mentioned it a couple of times now, and um, there's a lot of people listening to the show. Well, there aren't actually, but there's like three <laughs> people listening. But suppose awesome. there were. Um, the number of people listening to the show would like to know, I'm sure if you've achieved this, how you got yourself off anti-anxiety or anti-depression medication. Oh. Um, how have you done that? A lot of research. I read, here's the thing. So I knew, once I started reading, I started reading a lot of, um, I guess what most, I guess traditional people would call conspiracy theory shit, but um, Conspiracy I read a theories lot. about... I wouldn't call it conspiracy theory. I would call it complete fact. It's it's. You I read all of the medical. Most people would they call like I, a lot of people think what I'm is a conspiracy, the conspiracy theorist, theory but around the concept of psychopharmaceuticals, of pharmaceuticals in general, and America and how they started and why they started. Um, okay, what is the what's the the idea of a what's so the conspiracy? The idea of a magic bullet is not a conspiracy, but a lot of okay, people because the, of what common thought is. People think what the government says and what the doctor says is right, and it's always right, and it's the only answer, it's the only way, right? But if you read into it and you actually looked at what, um, you know, NAMI and NIMH have actually even admitted about the research they've done and the research and the things that they have not found, and they admit that they haven't found, 
you look at it and you realize like this is just an option that the doctors can give us and mostly they're going to give us the option that makes them the most money so if you look okay. into it and you realize that a magic bullet was created thorazine was created for tuberculosis but it's the same drug that they're giving people with hallucinations that doesn't make any fucking sense so I read a bunch of shit I kind of went crazy on it I was still medicated and I knew that I needed to like learn as much as I could with the medicine that was stabilizing me and learn enough to where like when I got off the medicine I was like had enough information in me to like deal with the withdrawals because it was a lot of that are you um, are you suggesting that information alone that knowledge will cure you of anti-anxiety or, or no what, not at all whatever no 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 not at all but the information is what I needed to know that I'm not so I was diagnosed with all this mental shit right which I don't necessarily I believe in mental disorder. I believe in mental illness and pain and all that stuff. How did you but get I don't diagnosed? What symptoms were you exhibiting? That so I was diagnosed with, for instance, bipolar um, years ago, depression, insomnia, anything you can imagine. Because they give you one diagnosis. They put you on a medication. That gives you another fucking problem. So then they diagnose you right. with something else and give you another medication. And it was a, a just a really bad cycle for me for a lot of years. And so... Um, I knew that I was dependent on the drugs because when I would get off of them, I would have really, really horrible like physical withdrawals where I was just like so sick for a really long time. Um, so I did a lot of research, and I researched enough, and I looked into a lot of homeopathy and a lot of holistic approaches to everything. Um, and so when I finally decided that I was going to get off the medicine, it was really, really hard. But I had my sister and my roommate that I told them, like, I'm getting off of all this shit. Like, I started just slowly taking away the doses. Mm-hmm. I upped my intake of marijuana. I upped my intake of meditation, yoga, prayer, 100%. Like, absolutely. My, my understanding of my spiritual self, for sure, Who are you pra- helped me. Who were you praying to? My God, okay. my, I mean, just a regular God. No? God for sure. Well, not my, some alternative religion. Uh, no, I'm, I I believe I'm I'm a Christian. I don't necessarily believe in like the sectors of religion. I think reli- the cause of man-made religion is the reason for the most terror in the entire world. But I believe in a spiritual connection with a God, and I think that understanding that holistic approach that I am a mind, a body, and a soul all together is what saved me from just thinking. You know, my mind is separate from my body. My soul doesn't exist. Take this fucking medicine. And come back so, when it doesn't work. So you're praying to God and you're smoking more weed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Weed, weed decreases and medita- my... And meditating? Oh, yeah. Meditating a lot. We, weed and decreased my mania. So with bipolar, if I got off the medicine... Like, because of the medicine, the medicine made me... It caused it. Like, the medicine literally caused me... If I got off the medicine, I'd be more manic than I ever was, right? Or more depressed than I ever was. And... I didn't start hallucinating until after I was medicated. So then I knew this is bullshit. Like I didn't start. I wasn't ever hallucinating until I started taking this shit. Now I'm seeing things. It's great. And I'm you actually s- watching myself turn into a schizophrenic. Like what I watched seeing? it all happen. What were you seeing? What hallucinations did you Oh, have? no, no comment. We can talk about that later. But you don't want, I don't know. I don't want to talk about that. Hydrocodone does that to you. Uh, no. But well, what are you seeing things that don't exist? Or are you seeing things like you're on acid like. Oh, it wasn't fun tripping. It wasn't fun tripping. I wasn't tripping. That's enjoyable. I so was you're seeing stuff that doesn't exist at all. You're seeing like fabricated creatures or... Uh, yeah, and it's something that I still... I think that we are a lot more spiritual than... than uh, well, I'm positive that we are spiritual beings and people don't realize that and they think everything is very tangible. Um, but I saw a lot of demons. Like I, That's I what I was wondering. So you saw actual... Were they, and were they coming out of people or were they existing... They would Among us, as separate creatures. Separate creatures. And so do you think they were really there and you were just able to see them, or do you think you were imagining all That's of what I'm still trying to figure out. But I know that I wasn't... I know that the... Um, before, when I was medicated and I would see something, it was very stressful and, and crazy, and it would, it would freak me out and it would fuck me up really bad. And then after, once I realized, like, you know what? I need to stop, like... 
ignoring the fact that I am fully spirit as I am body and mind and I started really understanding that holistic association I was able to even if I was hallucinating or if I did see something I was able to calm myself down and understand that maybe I'm extra clairvoyant maybe I'm more perceptive that doesn't mean I need to be medicated and drugged and turned into a drone because I can see things that other people can't see and Um, can you currently see stuff like that uh, sometimes I, it's really it's really up and down. My sleep patterns have a lot to do with it. I try really, I work really hard on maintaining stability and sleeping at the right hours. And you know what I'm saying. So I if you work don't on get it. enough sleep, it oh you don't want to know. Di- I'll fucking stay awake for <laughs> if I let myself stay awake for two days, I'm not sleeping for two weeks. Like it'll kick in mania, and I'm wow. just like woo, flying what? like a motherfucker. And then I it's. It's bizarre, but it's so much more manageable when I realize that I'm a human being and God made me this way and there are natural ways for me to take care of myself and deal with these things if I'm just aware of them as opposed to we're not going to tell you anything. Just we have all these big words that you don't understand. I'm going to medicate this, then medicate that, then medicate that on top of it. And you don't even know like why it was. You can't figure out what you're actually treating. Soulless. Soulless when I was medicated. So so for people who are in this boat, the same as you, they're. That they've they're on anti they're on anti anxiety or anti depression or right. whatever these drugs that people are taking by the right. tons now. So you got yourself off all this. Can you get yourself off all that without seeing the demons and going crazy? Is there a way? Would you say that you could that you're staying off it now? Uh, right now, I'm just very adamant about my like just my body I eat organic I eat clean I don't put a bunch of shit that for some fucking reason the American government puts in our food or allows in our food that causes people to be fucking crazy I don't eat that shit like so I'm way too aware of everything that's like uh, like I, I know I, I don't want to sound like a really negative conspiracy theorist anti-government individual because I'm not necessarily the government doesn't have anything to do with any of this the, the, law, the laws like the laws things that are allowed in, in our food things that we are allowed to feed our children the fluoride in, a, in the water like all of that shit I just went on like a huge kick towards it went, got all, all organic I smoke weed instead of taking all this medication keeps me not manic it, keep, it allows me to sleep and so if I don't fly then I don't hallucinate you know what I'm saying so okay. it like keeps me down so the weed sure. we keep coming back to the weed the weed's the key factor weed saved my life 100% weed saved my, my life Chris that's it like write it down quote right. it okay. weed saved I'm my life I'm writing it down weed I'm fucking saved telling my you, life on a physical level for my back it's the only thing that can get me out of pain for like two hours and on a mental level like it's the only thing that keeps me from not flying that isn't gonna harm me in the future you also meditate way. you said yeah, a lot what, of prayer, a what, lot of meditation. What type of meditation? What what do you practice? Uh, well, Anything okay, so in particular? I created, well, I don't think I created it, but this summer I kind of like did this amygdala therapy thing. I was reading a lot about the, the different parts. The summer has been a pretty productive time for you. I had, oh, Play I did the guitar, so much shit. Invented oh, yeah. type of meditation. Well, because I got off medicine. So I was like fucking a genius, because I am a genius, and they tried to take me down from it. You know what I'm saying? Oh. So I got off my medicine, and I was like, I'm going to become, I'm a musician now, straight up. I've read a thousand fucking books in a month, and I like. So all the drugs were keeping you down. Yes, they keep it's you like complacent. The they keep right, you, it's government. the man, fuck the man, right? right. Like, no, completely. So I got off all the medicine. I read so much shit, and I learned about, a lot about like, your medulla neocortex, all the concepts between your brain and when something comes into your head, like what pathway it takes before you can react to it, essentially. And so I did this thing called amygdala therapy. I, amygdala. I named it. Amygdala. And so that's a part of the brain. Yes, yeah. that's the part. That's it's your part of your brain. That's like your feelings. Like that's like the, uh-huh. your reaction coming from like straight feeling, straight natural, habitual fight or flight responses to things as opposed to... Um, 
a different route that information can take that might go through like a more logical um, I guess pathway through the neocortex and then you can kind of rationalize something before you react to it when something's intense enough like if someone were to walk in here with a gun we wouldn't have our neocortex would not be working it would be hijacked by our amygdala and we would be working on a fight or flight response so you're trying to access that immediate kind of that immediate reaction and learning how to control it a little bit more and the way that I did it was I would set my alarm and I will sit and stare at something for 10 minutes and not allow a thought to come into my head and if it comes into my head I have to recognize it figure out where it came from push it away and continue on trying to go a full 10 minutes with no thoughts penetrating my consciousness and when in the beginning you can't do it in the beginning like every minute you're like fuck what am I thinking about like you keep thinking and you're trying to not think right Um, but after a while after a lot of practice you can go 10 full minutes without having a thought into your brain and it really helps you be able to control those fight or flight responses when you right you know call me I've I've gone for years without an original thought but but that that intention of trying to clear your brain and have no thoughts that's just straight ahead meditation right that's what everybody says you didn't invent that did you no I, i'm not going to say i admit invented so, so what was the bit that you created what was the uh, do you have some sort of mantra no what i no i would repeat? do like i would do 30 minutes yes i do have a mantra but i would do 30 minutes the first 10 was not thinking the second 10 was complete gratitude just gratitude for what was there as opposed to concentrating on what wasn't and that seems very 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 simple but it's it's very important hmm. Uh, Because a lot of people don't do it. You don't actively think about what you should be grateful for. You actively think about what you're lacking and what you need to continue to do in order to get what you want as a human in this society. And then the mantra was that um, I love myself, I respect myself, and I honor myself as I am right now in this moment. And that's it. Just so you can really love yourself now in order to grow and be what you need to be in the future or want to be in the future. And how are you feeling? I feel fantastic. I mean, I'm great. I just made a movie about mental illness. It's like a huge accomplishment. Yeah, of mine. No, that, that, we haven't even got onto that. We have to get out of here in a minute. But but you're the star of this movie. Yeah. Called what, mm-hmm. she What's it was about? she was famous. She was famous. It's a mental health awareness film. Um, it's a feature film. It's not a documentary. No, though, right? feature length narrative. Yeah. It's an actual screenplay yeah. shot screenplay. It's yeah. a it's a drama or it's not a comedy. I see. Uh, it's actually a tragedy, but it's a very uh, eye-opening, awakening. I think necessary. And you're the star of it. I am, yeah. And the, and the, the poster that I've seen of the movie is you naked, like bent over with a sort of a giant tattoo on your ass or something. Is that your real tattoo? That is my real tattoo. But that, take a that, look at this, guys. That's not the point of Where the, can we see this movie? Right now, it's right next to you. Um, it's awesome looking. Thank you, thank what you. What exactly is that? I'm tattoo? a mermaid, I told it's you. It's a mermaid. It's my scales, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're an actual mermaid. <laughs> I'm an actual mermaid, yeah. And what is the definition of that? What is a mermaid? Did you have your tail removed? No, it's more of a transitional thing. Um, it's something that I can't do it right now. So you're becoming you know a mermaid? You can't do it right now. Becoming a human. I actually morph into a mermaid. You can morph. At certain times, 100%. And it's like, what do we do? She can't fucking walk now. You know what I mean? We have to get people to come pick me up because I've got this massive tail. It's inconvenient, but it's also magical and amazing. Do you have photos of that? No photos. YouTube? This has no, no. nothing to do with no, your hallucinations, is it? No, I'm totally we fucking with it. you. I have a really <laughs> badass tattoo on my butt. You really do. <laughs> that's it's a, it, yeah. What is it, though? It's, a, it's scales. It's green scales. It's like I'm the mermaid, so it's my body, and then there's scales on my ass. So it's just on your ass only? Yeah. <laughs> Is it on both sides? Because in the poster, you just see this on like... <laughs> no, and I'm, I'm actually in the fetal position on my husband's coffin in the poster. It's like really okay. traumatic and So that tattoo poetic. is really on you, or is that just for the movie? No, that's actually on my ass at this for moment. For real? Okay, time, so yeah. what made you do that? I want, I've, always, I've always believed I was a mermaid my whole life. Well, I can't tell whether you're kidding or not. No, no I've, I'm, obs- I'm really unhealthily obsessed with mermaids. But So when I was 18, I, went, I was in Scotland, and I got these scales. And then it was like that thing where anytime I was traveling or something monumental would happen... 
I would add on to scales in a different location in the world because then, I don't know, it's like a growing tattoo. So the scales, if you look at them in person, you'll realize none of them are the same because about six or seven different artists have patched them together. So you've got them in different parts of the world. Yeah. Well, not like, well, Scotland is the only place I was overseas, but then different places. Yeah, just like if I was traveling during the summer. I mean, I started it, I think, when I was 19 or something. I'm 23 now, so. Okay, and how do you you pick the person to put the next scales on? Do you have to get a referral or just get a vibe? No, it's my mood, man, my mood. So you're just walking down the street, you think, I'm going to get this tattoo person to stick scales on my ass. Well, it just depends. Like, if you meet someone and you're in that place, I mean, it's, it's just my... I, I listen to myself. And how many scales are you going to end up with? Like all down your legs, like a mermaid? No, it's probably going to go a little bit higher on the hip and a little bit down the leg, but I want it to match because I have this grand plan for my tattoos on my body, so it's gonna ma- it has to match what's going to happen on the other side. So What's going to happen on the other side? Dreamcatcher. Dreamcatcher? Yes. Like the American Indian yes. style, like feathery thing. We got a lot of stuff planned for the tattoos. But so it's you don't dream. believe you're a dreamcatcher as well, do you? No. Okay. Well, kind of, yeah. I kind of fucking am. Whatever. I, like, yeah, absolutely. I'm a dream catcher for sure. Okay. For so sure. You're half dream catcher, half mermaid. I like to command things into the universe, command them into existence. Say, I'm going to fucking do this and believe it and, like, put it to a higher power and know that it's going to happen and it happens. Well, so far in this last, what, nine months, you've started a movie. Yeah. You've taught yourself to play guitar and started a career as a singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. And what else have you managed to achieve? As if that wouldn't be enough. Well, I got um, I, I got offered to be the assistant coach for Tiger Girls Nationals this year. So I'm doing that right now, too, which is my favorite. That's an extra job. That's Well, well yeah, but it's awesome. I mean, it's is like... Is there like a mental health check for that job? No, there's, there's no security it's just background check. It's a good feeling. So it's you're a good in. feeling. I like competing, so I like and I like right. coaching and training people to compete. So yeah, it'll be it'll be awesome. And do you have a website or something if anyone wanted to get in touch with you about getting themselves off antidepressants and so on? Absolutely. Well, I have. How do, how do we find you? I have my Instagram, my Facebook, and my email. Is that enough? <laughs> I guess. They can. I'll I give guess you my, that's enough. I'll, I'll talk to anybody about mental health. I'm very passionate about it. Okay. So what's your Instagram? I mean, we can put links to these on our website. It's newwoman.com if you're listening to this in some place. It's at Valley Rich, and Facebook is Valley Rich as well. Valley Rich, and it's spelled just like you think, V-A-L-L-E-Y-R-I-C-H. And ni- neither of those are your real name, I assume, are they? Right. Right. Okay. Right. How did you come story. up with that? Nom de plume. Well, to be honest with you, Valley Rich. Okay, so I once had an alter ego named Susan McValley. She's dead now, but... Susan McValley was your alter ego who died. Yeah. What did she die from? I can't tell you. Really? Not on this show. No way. It's really intense. She was well, she, killed. She didn't really exist. Really she was killed. But basically, McValley had like a... She was like... The concept of the word valley means a lot to me. And so like I didn't realize it when Susan McValley existed, but... I took from it, like the word valley. I think valleys people think are dry and desolate and empty, but in mm, reality, can be a valley is the most, it's the lushest place there is because that's where all the mm, growth is right. when you go through ups and downs. So the word valley has always meant a lot to me. And so I like to think of like a rich valley. Like you think of a down as this horrible place, but it's where the richness is and it's where the growth comes. Right. Also, valley rich. Uh, so a lot of like stage names are two syllables, one syllable, Johnny Cash, valley rich. So yeah, thought about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good choice. Do she, we? Do you ever tell people your real name? No. You don't have to. I mean, I'm not asking it, but I mean, do you ever use it, or do you just go by Valley Rich? Oh, I mean, like my friends can call me my real name, but yeah. as as an artist, like as a way to produce myself, I my 
Myself as an artist is Valley Rich. Okay. Yeah. Susan, Susan, Susan didn't have an overdose while medication or anything? No, no, she didn't overdose, surprisingly. She was a strong little girl. I mean, Susan's fucking wild, and sometimes she comes back. McValley. But, yeah. Wait, come McValley. Back, she comes back from the dead? <laughs> you know if McValley's here, it's bad. McValley loves gin. Weird. It's her drink of choice. Gin she's is a dangerous drink to be to be messing around with. She's fucking wild. Yeah, McValley's okay. she's cool. So you have like a multiple personality as well as... I just don't know how else to explain, like, my many different attributes. I can't keep it all together, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's been great to meet you. Thank you. I hope we get to see you again <laughs> back on Happy Hour one For of sure. these days. For sure. Thank you so much. In the new year. And when, so when is the movie coming out, by the way? Well, right now we're actually kind of at the end of the game. Uh, it's in its final stages of editing with sound. They're at finishing the sound right now, the scoring. Um, and then we are actually planning on going to Sundance for to meet with people for distribution and try to sell it. Oh, so. cool. So we can see it that she was famous. There's a trailer. There's a trailer. It features you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a... It's a funny trailer. It's, yeah, all, it's cool. honestly all it's improv. It's like a lot of you to camera. <laughs> it's stuff. literally me and my friend just recording me. My, my The girls that I made it with were a company called Ghost of Elysian Films. Three women. My sister's one of them, and our best friend Kenna's the other. And um, we just was made a movie. your sister who was on the show called Moon? Isla, yeah. Moon. That's okay. my sis. She's wild. And okay, now it's all is that on YouTube? And Kenna. Kenna was on the show, too. Kenna Kenna's did it been before. On, the whole gang has been yeah. on here and now. And so, uh, the, yes, the trailer's on the YouTube. Trailer's it's on at www.shewasfamous.com. Or you can look at it. We need to get a Google alert for that, uh, Luke, I think. She Was Famous she Teaser. She Was Famous. Is on YouTube. Teaser. The teaser's then, on YouTube. Yeah, the teaser's on YouTube. And then you can you can find the link in the bio at She Was Famous on Instagram or whatever. So She Was Famous. Valley Rich, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. It's been a hell of a year here at Happy Hour. Yeah. What a great way to go out. I must say. In Thank style. you so much, Renee, as well. Renee Thank Major you for having here. me. And the fabulous Luke Winslow King. What a great way to end the year with Thank you. you well. Thank you. Thank you. Have a happy so new much. year. Yeah, you too. Everybody, well, everyone listening to us, I hope you have a, uh, a great 2016 and stick around. There's more to come. And if you listen to this in 2016, I hope everything's going, going well for you. Um, what can we do to end the year? Just read these credits and get out of here, I guess, right? You got a final message, I Andrew? Th- I think you should have Luke play you something lovely and... Okay. You're right. We should have Renee read the credits. That's right. Okay, yeah. we'll do that. Renee, you ready to go sure. with the credits? And we'll get Luke to play in the background. And that will be our farewell. Valley's already off out of here. She's got another... She took off. Yep. You going to have okay. some music behind this? All right. Looking good. Yep. Getting ready. Producer has been Graham DePonte. Well, hang on. Wait. No, oh. wait, wait, wait till the wait. music comes in and then you... Producer, Graham DePonte. Associate producer and technical director, Chris Kehoe. Musical director, Christian Unruh. The music was written by and is being played by Mitch Foreman. Well, that's not strictly correct in this case, but, you know. If you'd like to be on the show, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. Check out our other happy hours and other shows. Out to Lunch with Peter Rusciutti, live at Commander's Palace. True to the Game with Chris True, Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss, and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada. Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tuker, Milo's Music Parlor with Kim Vu, and the revolutionary new way to buy a house in New Orleans, Unlisted NOLA. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.louisiana. Keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and a bunch of other time-sucking social media on all of them. We're It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and our Facebook and Google Plus pages. Those photos are taken by Allison Moon. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or another podcast app, thanks for subscribing. 
Take a moment to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. Recorded live at Wayfair on Ferret Street, where they put fine dining into a sandwich and fine booze into a glass. Good night. Thank you. We'll see you back here next week on Happy Hour.